joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another great show lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsor. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Investment advisory products and services Services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Thank you so much, Gina, Shelley, Donna, and the crew. You are amazing, and we do appreciate your support. And thanks for choosing to listen today. You are not going to be disappointed, especially with Thanksgiving around the corner. Welcome, Kelly Jo Zellman, to the show. Hello! Hi, Deb. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. So we need to let people know you and I have known each other for quite some time. And we actually used to have offices in the same building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've shared a lot of great conversations and beverages. Right. But we won't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So Kelly Jo is here today. We're going we're kind of talking about this mindful eating. And but there's a lot around that. So First, though, let's give people an idea of your background, because, girl, you have so many little letters after your name that I don't even think I could name all of your oh, credentials. <laughs> so let's talk about your business sure. and, and all because you do have a lot of credentials. And the reason I think this is important is you are talking from a place of experience and training. This is not just, oh, I'm making this up and it just kind of flew into my spirit one day. Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, that's my background. Um, I... Uh, have been a dietitian for, gosh, 20 plus years now. Seems crazy. Um, in 2018, I completed my master's degree. Um, both uh, degrees were from the University of North Dakota. Um, and I also work with um, kind of a specialization with a food sensitivity test. Um, so I'm also a certified LEAP therapist. Um, and that's just identifying food triggers that might be causing problems for people that, um, you know, it's really difficult to kind uh, pinpoint what that might be. Um, I've had my own practice for the past, um, gosh, 10 years. So that's probably about as long as we've known each other because you were there kind of at the beginning of this. We were there at the beginning of our careers. Yes. Um, But we don't look a day over 30. We just want to let (laughs) all of you know that. (laughs) So, yeah. So um, I do, I wear a few different hats in my business. Um, I consult to area nursing homes. Um, I work for the University of North Dakota as an adjunct um, instructor for their certified dietary manager program. And then I also see clients one-to-one, well, virtually right now, but um, in my private practice. So let's dig into, because I think, you know, people sort of understand the registered dietitian and the registered, like that component, right, nutritionist. Mm -hmm. But this, I'm very intrigued about this LEAP program that you do. I I always want to say LEAPFROG, but it's not LEAPFROG, right? right? But in a way, isn't it kind of like bouncing around like a frog to figure out what's wrong? Yeah. You're going from lily pad to lily pad, really? Yeah. So oftentimes people will maybe try when you have been struggling with, um, let's just, for example, use... um, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. It's really hard to pinpoint food triggers and you might be kind of going, you know, lily pad to lily pad, trying different things. Um, And with 
um, the MRT is a food sensitivity test, but what that does is it identifies what foods might actually be causing problems. Um, and so then what we do is we take kind of a personalized approach to what foods are, are not causing problems. What are your best foods? Um, and we kind of base your, your protocol around that. But it's really about um, kind of reducing the body's inflammation and through that process, you're healing the gut. And then um, eventually you can, you know, resume eating many of those foods oftentimes, but it gives you a healthy base and it also helps a person feel better. And that's the, the main goal. Do you find that most people start coming to you when they're desperate? Yeah, it's, it's more like they get to the point of desperation, then come to you. Yeah. But you would love to see people more up front. Yeah, absolutely. You know, food and nutrition is just one of the core pillars of our health. Um, So preventatively is um, ideal. Yeah. Because I I just I'm thinking of people I know. And even I'm thinking you probably see a lot of people that deal with the gluten issues like Mm -hmm. this is a big deal right now. Mm -hmm. We're seeing more and more gluten free products. We're seeing more and more people affected by that. And I, I just love that they have a resource in you. And I love that, especially now with Zoom, you can see people all across the United States. So if you know somebody that's dealing with this, you can even be working with them. They could live in a completely different area of the country. So yeah. that's, COVID has had a lot of downsides, right? But right. It's, there, that is one thing is that yeah. I think we've learned more how to be online and yeah. that if there's somebody that has that resource. So when you and I were talking about getting ready for this show, we started talking about this mindfulness or intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Let's give a framework around this. What is this? And Because and, we're kind of using some words that people might talk about more with personal development. Mm -hmm. But food is a component of that and beliefs about food. So how does this all tie in together? Yeah, so mindful eating is just really looking at food in a different way. um, An approach that focuses on the awareness of food. Um, It takes into account your senses with eating. Um, There's kind of a whole different approach, um, possibly different approach than what a person is used to, because so oftentimes we um, in our society today, we're kind of bombarded with these, the diet culture that uh, surrounds us, um, these negative messages about food and diet and what the best diet is out there, um, where mindful eating really isn't about, you know, calories and protein and fat. It's about how we um, feel eating and really taking that time to, to learn how your body reacts to eating and really enjoy food for what it's meant to be. So um, again, yeah, you mentioned, you know, this is the week of Thanksgiving um, in the United States and, and there's just so much that goes on around food, um, you know, being with family, um, of course, <laughs> maybe not this year, um, in a different way, maybe via Zoom, but just... Um, surrounding yourself and and taking a more mindful approach to food and eating. This, when I was thinking about this, and we start talking about these experiences around food, for me, I think back to when I used to live in France. And food is, it is a big deal in France. And yet it's different. Absolutely. People don't sit down at a table for one hour and stuff themselves with everything they possibly can. And I'm not implying that everybody does that here. However, I think we are all familiar with this. Oh, Thanksgiving, let's all eat in an hour. Then we sit on the couch and watch the football Mm -hmm. and we're so bloated and we can't write. We can't think even anymore. And in France, the experience that I had was people 
sit around. They do have great conversation. They take their time. Mm -hmm. They don't eat huge amounts of food. They might have seven courses, but the courses are smaller. The body has time to digest in between. And there may or may not have been a glass of wine or two within some of those courses. And it just, it felt different. That's the only way it could, it felt different because the focus really wasn't the food, although the food was appreciated. And there was definitely, it's almost like um, an honoring of the food in in France, I guess was how I would describe it. And so I'm curious about how do those belief systems form for us? And what do we make up about those? I mean, this this is kind of like the million dollar question, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's so interesting that you bring that up about Europe. I also was reflecting for another kind of project I'm working on, but I, I too spent um, a semester abroad and had, we had an exchange student in high school. Um, so then I was able to go and, and stay with them and kind of travel around, but that's exactly what I take back. And it's kind of interesting to reflect on that because it's so different in our culture here today. Um, I think that's just, you know, our society is a fast-paced world um, and we want bigger and better um, and sometimes just that that slowing down piece is is we kind of have to force it upon ourselves because it's not natural um, we haven't been maybe brought up that way um, so it's really relearning almost how to think about food in a different way well and i was even thinking as of course you know thinking about food we start thinking you know like okay food 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 <laughs> But I was thinking about growing up, we would get something done. And what was the reward? We're going to go out for ice cream. So it was sort of like this, you work really hard, we're going to reward you with this sweet treat. And what do we make up about that stuff? And I'm not, trust me, I love my ice cream. I love my Big River Scoop ice cream. And what I have learned now is it's okay to have once in a while. I don't need to eat it every night. I'm not saying that I ever did eat it every night, but I think you know where I'm, like there's something in that shift and being very aware of, okay, what is this about? I don't need to also eat three big scoops of it. I can have two tablespoons of it and it satisfies maybe that piece of that. So how do we find that? It's not all or none. Yeah. What is that balance and how do we find it? Yeah, that's really... That's why you get paid the big bucks, right? (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple thoughts that come to mind with that. Um, You know, as for the moms and dads out there that might be struggling with young kids and, and... you know, it's, it's a challenge to feed um, and growing teens as they get older, it gets more challenging. But as parents, really, there's um, kind of a principle called the division of responsibility. And that really has to do with as parents, it's our goal and our job to be a healthy role model. Um, so not really putting that extra emphasis on food. It's it, it, everything can be enjoyed, whether it's ice cream, um, in moderation and so not em- overemphasizing certain foods or things like that and not expecting your child to eat everything that you put on the plate. That's one of the big kind of takeaways for parents is you want them to eat all their green vegetables, but it's okay. They are they're learning their relationship with food and that whole clean your plate kind of mentality is really can get problematic for people later on in life because that's an unhealthy kind of relationship. So being a good role model, model having the, the healthy choices available, um, of course not stocking everything with you know highly processed and sugary items, but 
having a mix of things so so p- your children can learn and grow to have that healthy relationship that it's okay to have you know these foods sometimes but um, kids intuitively that word intuitive eating they know as as children so we as adults are almost challenged to get back to that get back to to eating like children where you know you had enough and you feel satisfied you don't need more so that I love that you bring up this clean plate club thing I literally just had this conversation with my trainer last week before the gyms closed and we were talking about the clean plate club and what that was all about and what kind of a like what is that set up for us and what is the belief system that starts forming around that because there is truly I mean that is something that sometimes needs a little bit of healing for people Absolutely. so does it make more sense to start with sort of our principles of intuitive eating or mindful eating where's where's a better place to start oh that's a really good question Deb so um, if I can kind of simplify it or explain it a little bit uh, how they fit together so intuitive eating really is a larger umbrella um, and mindful eating eating is, is a part of that. So, so a person could certainly focus on mindful eating and, and um, truly get the result of a good, a healthy relationship with food. Intuitive eating is a little bit different in, it's a broader philosophy and there's 10 um, kind of overarching principles of intuitive eating. And these are, um, you know, this, this rationalization or this principles were developed by two dietitians um, back in 1995. Um, and they're things like um, rejecting the diet mentality, um, making peace with food is kind of where, you know, all foods can fit and, and really eating um, mindfully. Challenging the food police, I, you know, <laughs> that's what people think dietitians are. Just putting it out there, they're like, oh, the food police, oh, don't see, I, I'm drinking a Diet Coke, don't judge me. I bet that's happened to you before. Have oh, you run into clients where they're out in public and they're having something and they're like, almost like the shame, <laughs> yeah, like, and yeah, the badge of shame goes on? Yeah, and that's absolutely what I am not. I am more an anti-diet um, dietitian, and most dietitians are that way, um, but it's kind of funny that we get... Um, yeah, the food police hat, but, um, you know, respecting fullness and hunger and really learning those, those cues and listening to your body. So um, they kind of fit together and intuitive eating, um, you can kind of take, you know, whatever principle kind of resonates with you and really kind of focus on that. So as you, I mean, just a couple things are coming. First of all, I love the food police thing. (laughs) I don't. <laughs> well, but I think that it's real for people. It's, I mean, yeah. we know we've had these conversations. Yeah. My the yeah. weight for me is. I mean, there has definitely been some struggle there. Even though, as we both said, there's vitality and active, yes. right? And it's yeah. it's kind of almost like sometimes, like, okay, what's going on here? And. There is that moment where, oh my goodness, if if I happen to go to Chocolates Plus and have one little thing, and but what you really showed me is, Deb, it's okay to have one chocolate covered potato chip Mm -hmm. the one chocolate and the the key is one or two but let's not get to five or six or seven or eight or the whole bag right in one little sitting and and what I think is good about what you're bringing up it's the shame yes because I think people that deal with well really for a lot of things I think shame can be such Mm -hmm. a driver and I I Mm -hmm. think Brene Brown's brought a lot of in in 
like really good insight into that. But I bet, is that a huge thing that you see people bringing into you? Yeah, it's the shame and the guilt and kind of that whole cycle of beating yourself up. And so trying to break that cycle. um, And I, you know, I think that's where, you know, circling back a little bit too is, you know, how does your faith fit in with that? Because if we're truly kind of honoring food the way that God wants us to, it's nourishment, it's um, our energy, but he really is the source of our whole being. Um, and so kind of letting go and letting God kind of take over when it comes to that. And that's that's trust. That's learning to trust your body, um, learning to trust that you, you can make those decisions. I love that you had referred to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do you want to share that with us and why this just really stuck out to you for today's show? Yeah, so um, Paul writes, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, That kind of resonates with me, I guess, in this whole topic of um, food and eating and how you can um, achieve grace and and that's what we want food should be um, nourishment but it's also renewing your mind and how you're thinking about things and so that mind shift and I know that's what you are passionate about Deb is you know shifting mindset um, but so I just think that that kind of speaks to that one of the things that I've really been finding and I really got in touch with this over COVID was what is my relationship with food where did that form? What is my belief system? And where do I choose to put current focus? And one thing that I realized is that when I focus on other things and food is the fuel, it completely shifts everything for me. And I mean, I'm just going to name for those of you listening, if, if this is speaking to you, I mean, there was a time like I would get up and think, okay, what can I have for breakfast today? Okay, what's dinner going to look what, like? I was almost obsessed just, about it. Yeah. And I don't even know what that was really about other than I wasn't filling those spaces with God. I wasn't filling those spaces with fulfillment from the Lord. Sure. And therefore, food almost became a piece of my fulfillment. Right. And it was such an easy thing, right? Mm -hmm. And yet what I realized is it was not serving me. It was not serving me at all. Yeah. And when I could put focus on the Lord, I was full. If that does that, I don't know. Is that something common that you see in other clients? I think it's very common. I think it's because of this, uh, you know, the diet culture and the the kind of the pedestal that we put on ourselves to be perfect, and we are all imperfect. Uh, You know, that's the bottom line: is that striving to be perfect is kind of it's impossible. So. Um, I think a lot of people are caught up in that. And, you know, that that is a great thing to bring up. I think this whole pandemic has put people in different places. Mm -hmm. We're working from home. Some people are. We're having kids at home and meals on the table more often than we maybe were having to do before COVID. Um, But it's allowing us, there's some blessings behind that curtain is that hopefully, I would hope that you know, we're eating more family meals together. And we are taking that time to to talk um, and to have conversation around food and just the slowing down. It's it's kind of a, you know, it's a curse and a blessing because yeah. we're a fast go, go, go society. But 
man, I think, and I hope that that's what's going to come out of this is just this whole piece of, um, you know, being together around food and and celebrating food. Do you feel like during the pandemic, people are eating healthier? Or do you feel like we've gone the other direction? Because I it's very I find this fascinating. You know, I, I guess I, I honestly don't know the answer to that, Deb. I think that the opportunity to be eating healthier is there um, because we're cooking our own food and we're eating at home more. And not to say that people are getting takeout or we had been going out to eat because we could do that for a while. Um, I think it, it puts the opportunity to be eating healthier. I feel like in our family, we're definitely eating healthier. Yeah. We're definitely sitting down and taking yeah. more time to it's eat beautiful. as yes. a family. And for me, because I'm not on the road as much, I know I'm not eating fast food. When yeah. we go out and we get it to go to support a local restaurant, yeah. we're getting intentional, healthy food yeah. options at those restaurants. Yeah. And there and there are a lot that offer the healthy food options. And what, what we have also found, um, for me, it's also even the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. Because what I found before is mm. I was so on the go, on the go, on the go that my sympathetic nervous system, right? And it needed Absolutely. that parasympathetic to start calming down. Because yeah. it's hard for the body to lose weight or release weight. I like the release. Yeah. Um, if the sympathetic's constantly activated without parasympathetic. Right. And that's something I've learned during COVID. Isn't that fascinating? It is. It yeah. Is. So, I mean, this all, it all ties in. I mean, like this is, it's all connected. Yeah. And I love that God connects us in this whole mind, body, spirit, because he tells us exactly what we need to know. Mm-hmm. And I think what I hear you saying, and I, I want to make sure I'm kind of paraphrasing your principles yeah. of intuitive eating, but yeah. when we trust the intuition and trust the Holy Spirit speaking to us, God will really show us what to eat or what not to eat. God will give us a signal, whether he speaks to us in a scripture, mm-hmm. whether it's the way our body responds, mm-hmm. or whether it's even literally, I have been at the store at times going to reach for something. He said, no, choose this instead. Mm-hmm. And some people may think I'm a little off or out there, but I'm telling you that the Lord yeah. does that for me. Yeah. And uh, and trusting. And, and so how do we discern that voice of God around food, like what are some things that we can sort of do the check and balance? Like obviously if you all of a sudden feel like you're supposed to grab 10 bags of potato chips, probably not the Lord. <laughs> Maybe one bag, <laughs> but not 10. I don't think he's getting drunk. <laughs> I mean, I suppose he could oh, if he had some purpose, but I mean, really, right? Oh, um, so yeah, some things that we can do. That's that's a good um, place to kind of um, wrap things together. But I think just um, pausing, and being a little bit more present, um, especially, you know, it's kind of ironic with our, our present pause. Um, but just taking time to kind of ask yourself, you know, is this what I really want? Um, and, and go with what your gut tells you and, and be okay with that. Um, but allowing that pause, um, kind of looking at, at food and your decisions with curiosity and not judgment. And that's where that shame and guilt come in is, not beating yourself up because you did buy those potato chips or even more than one bag of potato chips or whatever it is. Um, And then this piece of mindful eating, being um, tasting the awareness of the food, sensing um, and not eating in this fast paced environment that we're kind of used to. Um, And then I think one of the last ones is practice or progress, not perfection. So allowing yourself um, room for mistakes or it's not even mistakes it's it's 
um, everything in moderation can fit. And what comes up for me as you talk about this progress is maybe it's even beneficial to keep a journal mm-hmm. or track. Again, we always hear about, you know, track the foods you eat. Mm-hmm. What would it look like to also track? Here's where I've got a win today or here's some progress I've made or, oh, I made eight glasses of water today. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, yeah. all of those things that come into this and and celebrating that. Is that been something you think is helpful for people? Yeah, especially with mindful eating um, in order to kind of uh, move in that direction and with intuitive eating. But um, one of the things that can be really helpful is not only just tracking what you're eating and, and how much. It's really not about that. It's how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so tracking those feelings um, and emotions and how you feel Um, after eating but also you can rate your hunger and your fullness before you eat and after you eat and kind of gauge from that you know so that you're not overly hungry because that's when we tend to overeat Um, kind of maintaining a status quo and eating you know throughout the day so you're avoiding those those dips in blood sugars as well that can cause um, kind of the urges to crave foods so yeah I love that you're bringing this up and I love talking about this emotion behind it and also what I have found to start being really helpful is when do I start to notice that I have that sense to eat but I know I'm not hungry like Mm -hmm. there's something else going on there and I found something very unique that I learned during COVID is uh you know Steve and I were watching a show and it was kind of one of these like uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just call it a cop type show where there was a lot of adrenaline and a lot of stress and all of a sudden like I think I need to eat something and he's like looking at me like we just had dinner like an hour ago I'm like you know what you're right I am not hungry it's the stress yeah. of the adrenaline of the show I got a rush of cortisol and what did that prompt a desire mm-hmm. to eat mm-hmm. and so I you know you hear about people say like if they're eating certain things they'll eat more popcorn or eat yep. more chip like that yep. cr- okay right yep. there's something to that like I think mm-hmm. this is a real thing yeah. well that got me an insight around adrenaline and the impact of dr- adrenaline in the body. And uh, it also, of course, with the PTSD, having dealt with that, uh, think of all the cortisol and all the adrenaline. Yeah. Well, hello. Yeah. It all, everything just started to kind of land. And so I love that you're bringing up for people to track this emotional component to it. And uh, so if you're listening and you've noticed that tie-in, I think that is an, a great thing to do. Now, I am having a feeling that... Um, before we close out with the three core characteristics, how are people going to get a hold of you? Because I have a feeling there are people listening that are saying, I need to talk to Kelly. Sure. So um, you can find me on Facebook. I have Nutritious Ways. Um, you Let's can, spell that. Oh, <laughs> you're going to put me on the spot. Well, W-E-I-G-H-S, oh, sure. not Ways okay. as in W-A-Y-S, yes, right? Good point. <laughs> yes. Nutritious Ways. It's a great name for a business, but some people might be Sure. Write. I didn't think about that when I said that. But yes. Or you can email me at kellyjoe at nutritiousways.com. Yes. W-E-I-G-H-S.com. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you if you're wanting a little bit more information or just some guidance. And you put up great things on your Facebook page too. So people can get insight and details and more to come. Sure. Even on some of that front. So let's maybe summarize with just um, three core characteristics or anything that we just are maybe the best advice we can give to people closing out the show today. Um, I think number one um, is just to allow yourself grace, um, unconditional permission to eat and enjoy food. Um, and try to allow yourself that permission. Um, Try and listen to your internal cues a little bit more closely. What's your body telling you? 
um, and we didn't really mention it, but movement. Um, so do things that make your body feel good. I love that you're bringing up movement. Uh, what's your favorite way of moving? Like, what's your favorite kind of movement? I love being outside, and I do enjoy running. Um, more for the mental kind of just that gets me into a place where I can relax and um allows my mind to kind of settle but being outdoors well and what I love is did you hear the good news that supposedly we're going to have a lighter winter this year yes (laughs) I am happy about that (laughs) because this means I mean I walk the dog right and I and especially right now with the no gyms I mean I think this is really really important and I'm just glad that you brought up this movement so Kelly Jo Zellman, you are amazing. I just am so pleased to know you. Kelly at NutritiousWays.com. You can find her at Nutritious Ways on Facebook. Remember, that's W-E-I-G-H-S. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, Deb. And thanks for choosing to be with us. Please remember, go out, live joy, share joy, and follow me, Life Full of Joy, on Facebook. Live joy, share joy, shine. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.